<laughs> Welcome to our first episode of the Escapist Corner. Uh, this is uh, quite of a project and fun to actually make it happen. In our first episode, we have a delighted joy to talk to Monsieur Carl Paoli from San Francisco. He's quite, uh, quite well known within the CrossFit community. He has coached uh, many, many top athletes within several sports. And he's also the founder and creator of Gymnastic Squad. He's the brand ambassador for Strike Movement. He's the author of the book Freestyle Connection and is probably also Batman at night. In this episode, Carl Pauli reveals some struggles and secrets um, and unveils the future of his media company called the uh, Freestyle Connection, uh, as his book also was called. Uh, Carl is also a guy who uh, gives and shares a lot of his uh, experience and has a very unique perspective of how how we communicate and how we uh, should be to each other. Maybe it's something we can learn uh, learn of, um, but enough of me, here he comes. So yeah, welcome to the Escapist podcast. Today we have an eminent guest uh, named Carl Pauli, or do we say Kalle? Uh, you can call me Kalle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Swedish slang, I don't know, no idea about it. Yeah. It's just Carl, I guess. Yeah, uh, very honored to have you on this podcast. Um, we had a short introduction before this of who you are, but maybe you can give give the viewers and the, the listeners some kind of input of who Carl is. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I'm a, I'm a guy that uh, was born in uh, San Francisco in California, the U.S., and uh, my parents are Swedish. That's why my, my nickname is Kalle. Uh, my actual name is Carl. Uh, I, I moved from uh, the U.S. to Ecuador as a kid and then from Ecuador to Spain. And then uh, I grew up in Spain, went to school in Spain and did gymnastics in Spain. And I was a competitive gymnast for a long time. And uh, when I uh, finished my gymnastics career, I, I studied environmental science. I specialized in marine biology and genetic engineering. Eventually, uh, got into action sports in terms of my athletic performance. I moved back to the U.S. Uh, where I was supposed to uh, continue going to school and, and doing research uh, in marine biology. But I ended up coaching I became a personal trainer. Uh, I, I was really in love with the, the idea of helping the action sports athlete uh, get better uh, from a strength and conditioning perspective, from a movement perspective. And then eventually I found uh, CrossFit in 06, 07. And uh, it just happened to be there at the right time, and I happened to have the right information at that time where I, I was able to come in and, and kind of introduce people to the language of movement uh, through this lens of gymnastics and uh, using the performance for time or repetitions or load that CrossFit had as an excuse to be able to deliver a more um, powerful message, if you will, uh, something that went beyond the repetitions, beyond the practice, beyond the craft, and beyond that movement 
And uh, fast forward almost 10 years now, uh, I've now written a book uh, and uh, uh, it somehow made New York Times bestseller in the sports category. It's pure marketing, of course. <laughs> we, have, we have it here in the box of books. So don't. Yes, 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 yes. That's <laughs> awesome. No, but I, it's, that, was a, that was an amazing process. Uh, and I'm currently uh, working really closely with a company that I've invested in called Strike Movement. And we manufacture footwear and apparel. And we're really focused on educating people on the importance of movement and uh yeah as we sell a great product um, but uh it's it's simply the vehicle that allows us to continue to talk to people continue to help people understand why they do what they do and and hopefully inspire them to do it themselves as well that's uh that's an amazing story i mean uh you've been very productive uh from yeah, at least 10 years of what I've seen. Um, I mean, it's also uh, for us as spectators on, on the internet, we're also, you know, um, very far away from San Francisco. It's nine hours away. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you've been working on uh, all these kind of talks and progressions and had these problems that we um, over here are starting to experience now. Uh-huh. Um, somehow the German or Germany is a bit behind. It's a bit different. I mean, in Scandinavia, when I'm there, I'm, I'm experiencing also that the talk is further um, ahead, ahead yeah. than here. Yeah. But uh, um, I mean, we see only the snapshots of all the all the grit uh, and all the pain and all these you know uh, sessions of coaching, thousands of hours of coaching with classes mm-hmm. with with PTs and whatever. And um, it's just um, interesting to see how how you manage to do all these things uh, in a lifestyle pr- uh, perspective also, which, mm-hmm. we, want, which we want to talk, to, uh, talk about because uh, this is something that we are passionate about, uh, the lifestyle aspect of having sports, uh, mm-hmm. hobbies, uh, girlfriends, families, uh, what have you, dogs, and yeah. how, how to puzzle, puzzle everything together. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a delightful honor to talk to people that have this kind of experience that we yet, I think have to, uh, to figure out. And, right. um, yeah, they will, this will of course, uh, shorten our trip a bit. Um, I just wanted to ask you the ma- ma- marine biology thing. Was it something mm-hmm. to, had it something to do with, uh, George Costanza and Seinfeld? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It, it had no. everything to. It had everything to do with lifestyle. And yeah. here's 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 the truth about it. I got into environmental science and marine biology because a friend of my older sister, uh, he studied environmental science in the U.S. and he seemed to li- live this awesome life where he was snowboarding on the weekends up in Lake Tahoe. And then he would go on these like windsurfing trips. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I guess I have to study environmental science. <laughs> so it was all just, it was, just, it was never for the love of, of anything, but my own selfish lifestyle that I wanted to create for myself. <laughs> and in which point of life you find out that 
um, okay, this is what I studied. This is what I spent last couple of years uh, focusing myself full time before mm-hmm. doing a really um, deep uh, dive into sports because you were doing almost pro- you were doing professional gymnastics. Uh, Technically, I was getting paid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but it's a full time job. Uh, and gymnasts and sportsmen, uh, professional sportsmen don't have vacations, don't have breaks. So they have vacations, what, twice a year, mm-hmm. a couple of yeah, weeks? You, like you, you, you have to keep moving. So how is it this big change from uh, being a pro athlete to an uh, average Joe studying, working in something different, and then feeling back the call from sports and saying, okay, this is not what I really want. This is, I have this uh-huh. drive, which is movement or as you call mm-hmm. it, what, how does it feel? How is it? Yeah, I think it's 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 a it's an interesting question, and I think I I know where you're going with it. Basically, um, I was obsessed with cool. Can I swear? Shit. Yeah, sure. Can I say that? Okay. Yeah. I was for I was obsessed sake. with cool. Yeah, for fuck's sake, <laughs> <laughs> I was obsessed with cool shit, and especially with like this ability to fly and tricks and uh, all of these things that were seemingly impossible. I had as a kid, I had these like toy GI Joes that I would uh, put in like a cross shape with their arms out and their legs super straight. And I would put them on my hand and I would throw them up and I would flip them. And I would try to strategically count how many flips, how many twists is the GI Joe doing in the air. And then how can I help this GI Joe basically uh, achieve different amounts of rotation and different planes? And I was very geeked out, right, when it came to that. Uh, but for some reason, I, I, I personally could not perform those movements as well as I could see them and uh, kind of envision my head. So uh, I guess it was losing and not making it to the Olympics or you know, having injuries that kind of set me back that, uh, took me away from sport for a little bit. But as soon as I went away from the sport, I found some other physical outlet and that was action sports. And the beauty of action sports was that you could do any trick, any flip, and there was no real code or way of doing it. It was just, if you did the trick and your friends were like clapping and cheering and thought you were awesome, then you did a good trick. That's a 10 point. <laughs> right. It's just like these point, right? <laughs> uh, and it was all based on how excited the people were. And that's when I realized that true human performance can only be measured by feel. It's the numbers don't really matter. The execution is temporary. Uh, that at the end of the day, if it's something that you feel really good about, it's going to be memorable and it's going to set a standard. And that standard is going to be this goal, this objective that you can shoot for. You're going to set a trend. Eventually, you'll surpass it and you'll see progress. And, and this can be done as an individual and as a collective. And fast forward a little bit more, I, I went to college and I became a student. And my first day in college, they said, Uh, This is a five-year program. It usually takes an average of seven years to complete. So I thought to myself, no way. This this is not going to be seven years. So I I built a team in school uh, of people, of resources, to help me get through this as fast as possible. And I did it in four years. And my last year, I spent in the U.S. uh, uh, basically just... uh, 
you know, uh, having a party, <laughs> uh, enjoying my last year, supposedly doing research. Uh, but that's where I fell into uh, coaching gymnastics again, uh, trampoline again. And I did that because I needed to make some money. And it was easy money. But little did I know that it wasn't about the money, but actually the kids that I was working with that taught me that I had something very valuable that I had, I could share and I had to share. And if I did that, I would see the future generation actually grow. And that all of those years I invested into sport were never about the competition. It was never about the handstand. It was never about the trick. It was about what you felt trying to learn the trick and the process. And if I could just share that little bit, then I knew that I was going to make an impact on these kids and therefore the future generation and leave some sort of legacy that was more meaningful than just uh, being a gymnast or a CrossFitter or um, uh, being an environmental scientist. And that's kind of how I fell back into sport is when I realized that sport was just the excuse to talk about to this share. lifestyle. So, yeah. so what I'm thinking of uh, like spontaneously is that um, I mean, coming to, to the States and you have to, you know, figure things out. Okay. I have to get money. Um, I have to get things going. So you started also, you know, thinking as an entrepreneur, uh, mm -hmm. somehow. And now, I mean, you're a full blown, uh, full blown, uh, entrepreneur now investing in multiple of all the top silicon valley companies no but uh <laughs> you you're you're a busy guy and you've been busy the last uh, couple of years with different business ventures and so on and mm -hmm. going from you know typically you study something and you take a job somewhere and you just you know uh yeah it ends so to say but uh, you you talk about this journey and to getting to the handstand or whatever and I can just relate to that when I'm thinking about uh, this or whatever I've been doing is that, you know, yeah, this is the moment where I'm enjoying it, where it's like, okay, we have to get this going. We have to mm -hmm. get this moving. We have to get, you know, uh, not, uh, we have to get members so we can uh, have afford to, to take care of the members. And, um, this kind of uh, the journey and this kind of like figuring out things and everything it's I think that's the the, the beauty of it and mm -hmm. and to uh, yeah to just you know sit here I don't know and it's all done everything is filled up everything is right you know every screw is screwed and uh, <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's you're so you're so right and I I was actually going to film up. Uh, oop! Almost dropped you guys there, guys. It's my camera. Uh, oh, whoa! I was I was actually going to film a a new vlog uh, about the process, and I, I was thinking about this: is that if you're watching a movie, for example, and you're really enjoying the movie, and halfway through the movie, someone tells you the end, all of a sudden that movie is just like. That's gone. You're done. Yeah, it's gone. It's like it doesn't mean anything. So the reason I'm saying this is that regardless of what the end is, whether it's great or bad, uh, it's the unknown that keeps you going in hopes that it's going to be good. Yeah. And you'll do everything you can to make it there. Yeah. 
And as soon as, as soon as the job is done or all the screws are, you know, screwed in and all the shelves are put up and everyone is working out and that's it in the gym, for example, then it's over. Yeah. Then the starts the second stage of, okay, let's, let's do go for another location. Then what's next. And then exactly. um, from a sports perspective, from a, being a sportsman, because this, I think this is a very, something I've, re I've read a lot about. Do you feel like this, the drive of improvement, the drive of always perfection in a new movement as a gymnast, or could be as a, as a, as a running, as a long distance runner, being able to improve your times and everything. Does this drive, uh, helps you in the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial sense mm -hmm. do, do you feel the same push or the same drive as energy or inner energy to fulfill your goals uh yeah does it help yeah for sure 100 i think i think the the ability to move your body whether it's in sport or life whatever it may be is this expression of freedom and if you're a person who cares about performance whether it's in speed or strength or Uh, simply being creative and original, you're, there's always more. And there's a feeling you get from unlocking that movement, that ability, that thing that we, cha we chase. And that's the end product. The problem is that it never arrives, no matter if you achieve that movement that you had in your head or not, because once you're there, it's like it's already passed. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean anything. So it's like a drug. Yeah. And I think that that definitely carries over into everything else in life, whether it's, you know, relationships or uh, your ability to communicate with someone or building a product or simply uh, creating a brand that represents something with a philosophy and, and putting it out there. It, it, it's all the same. The, the difficulty is when people get... Uh, like my friend Logan Gelbrick with uh, Deuce Gym says, it's when you succumb to the brand. It's when you succumb to the notion of a technique or a craft or a discipline. That's when you lose. And I, I've, I've always said this is like, once you choose, you lose. Uh, but every day you're faced with that. You, you have a choice. Um, it's just you can't succumb to your choice. You can't become your choice. And in sport, that's key for growth and being able to see that across your whole life uh regardless of what you do i think is 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 key so uh, long story short yes uh it definitely transfers okay. yeah no uh, i can i can just also relate to it this is this is what i am telling everyone i meet here is that everyone is you know of course they're thinking about oh my body fat and i'm i'm at 18.5 now and i would be like <laughs> 15. and yeah i mean we we always we always say yeah of course you're gonna you're gonna lose weight you're gonna do this and that but mm -hmm. you, but we know and everyone knows in, in in this business is that as soon as you just start moving things start to happen with your head as well so you're gonna get more and more uh motivated on whatever you do and you're gonna have so much more energy for whatever you do it's it's self-set but um i think it's so many uh so many wheels that starts turning at the same time and yeah i think uh i think people that don't 
or had never did uh, any kind of uh, sports in their lives um, really should, should do some sports. <laughs> they really miss something. Uh, it's never late to start. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and we see that every day now, like people had never mm-hmm. done sports or never had this kind of uh, feeling that, okay, to really work hard with your body, uh, you really start to notice okay what is hard and what is not and what mm-hmm. what is pain and what is not pain so yeah um yeah no i just can i can just also say i i fully with that no, yeah just, i think i think the sport sorry for interrupting but the sport is one of the biggest things that has taught me is to finish it's start something and finish it and then you talked about something being hard it really allows you to define what it is for something to be hard because uh it's totally relative to the individual Um, yeah yeah that's big so uh if i can uh just ask what if i I usually don't like to talk about what ifs but say see like pauli uh Kalle in in staying in Spain, not going back to the U.S. Uh, was this always your plan to go back to the States? Because I mean, what would have happened if you've stayed in Spain and just you know uh, open up the restaurant? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I still would have made the same impact as I think I'm making right now. It just would have looked different. Yeah. Uh, so n- nothing would have changed because inside there was this drive to uh, just like blow it up and, and make change. And uh, yeah, I think I'm when 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 I walk into a room, I, I'm not the loudest. Uh, I'm not the one that's being the most annoying or you know trying to like sell something on people. I I'm just there and. I'm there because I'm I'm extremely aware of who I am and and what I do and what I care about and any window of opportunity that I have to share that in a in a real way I do and people remember that and uh people usually leave and they're like I feel pretty fucking inspired right now I don't know why I don't know what you told me but I feel inspired and and all it is is just simply me saying hey i'm just a dude trying to figure it out but i'm fucking excited and i want to share this with you and i'm going to ask you some questions that's going to bring out who you are and then you're going to take that and you're going to turn it into something and then you're going to be like holy fuck i'm so glad i had this conversation with you because if i hadn't had it i wouldn't have felt comfortable saying the thing i said that i thought was right it's just like this snowball thing so it doesn't matter if i had had a restaurant in spain or i'm i'm here (laughs) teaching people how to squat or whatever it is I do I don't it doesn't really matter is this drive <laughs> is, is this drive from from I mean you, you get a lot of uh, energy back from the surroundings right from other people the people who you share with uh, yeah, the experience that they sh- that, again share uh, all the travels mm-hmm. I mean you, you are in Singapore next month I think you heard three, mm-hmm. se- three seminars in the States how you find out find time to do everything uh, how you find the energy also to do it? You have the book, you have the blog, you have the freestyle connection uh, mm-hmm. movement, strike movement. Uh, how you manage? Uh, I do what I want when I want, how I want. Okay. What's your ti- time manager? That's a very, very point, pinpoint <laughs> answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, no, it's. It, I don't want to sound cocky or anything like that, but I'm very confident in my ability to deliver a certain thing and. Um, every day I question myself, 
do I just quit? Do I, do I uh, just call it and say, fuck it, you know, the bank is empty right now and uh, maybe I should just uh, give up and go take a job uh, and work five to nine. But then on the other side, it's like, I'm not fucking done yet. Like, I need to keep going. I'm not, I'm not done and I'm not ready to call it quit. So I get whatever I have to get done, done. And there are a lot of things that I miss and there's a lot of things that I am not able to complete. And I'm only just like scratching the surface. Uh, so in terms of time management, I mean, this podcast, for example, uh, it's like, oh, why would I do this podcast? Why would I do this interview? For what? Why would I even care about you guys, you know, reaching out? Why? And, and the, the truth is because it allows us to have a conversation that could potentially bring out some answers to questions you guys may have or I may have. And out of it will come something very unique that has never come out before regardless of what happens and that is what we're we're chasing is that originality is the thing that just is meaningful today that's what we care about and the more of those you accumulate over time and you look back all of a sudden you have this story mm-hmm. and it leads to new things yeah, yeah for sure and that that's the be- that's the beauty of it and 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 someone asked me the other day this is just kind of me rambling now but Someone asked me, how much of your time is paid work and how much of your time is free work? I said, well, free work is 98% of my time, but my 2% of paid work is really fucking good. (laughs) So so it's like, you know, you maximize that, but I would never be able to get that. 2% 2% to work that way if we didn't have these conversations. Yeah. If I, I didn't say yes to opportunities like this yeah. with people like you who really care and are trying to do something because I'm the same guy. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I can just relate to that to, yeah, to um, what I've been thinking of the last couple of years is that the only way to get anywhere here, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about uh, monetary profit or so but to get anywhere with my so to say inner happiness and so on is the the meetings between people and Mm -hmm. and the conversations that you have because yeah take take our venture for example we have we have this small little box in, in berlin and and i'm doing this by myself all by myself and uh, maybe that will some some sometime occur that me and Gerardo we say, hey, I'm fuck, I'm I'm gonna do my own thing, whatever. But the the result of us meeting each other uh, is this box. So mm-hmm. through a conversation, yes. And, and uh, this is something I really so people talk about. Uh, yeah, like networking is something that gives me the goosebumps, but just to meet people to be mm-hmm. uh and to be somewhere where you can be uh something that you also talk about a lot like being the honest you and to care mm-hmm. uh, and where where can you do that you can only do that in a setup where you are yourself and you're comfortable with yourself um and you're, uh, I, yeah i'm just relating to, to 
if I would continue to work with uh, what I've been working with before, I'm not, you know, yeah, then we're talking about networking. I'm not caring. Mm -hmm. So, um, to put yourself into that, to that spot where you, where you care and where you know that this is where I can be myself. And of course things go overhand and Mm -hmm. things can happen. I, uh, as, uh, I saw this uh, yeah, vlog from you uh, today, which was very touching, the, the one where you uh, talk about the San Francisco CrossFit and your, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was really touching. So I, I would recommend anyone to look at that. It was really That's nice. Cool. Um, but where you, you also, you know, you got into this roller coaster, things starting happening, bam, 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 man, it's fun, fun, fun. But at the same time, things roll so fast at least this is my interpretation things roll so fast that you're sort of derailing from your path right Mm -hmm. and you have to uh pull the brakes yeah yeah it's it's huge it's huge um you're totally right i think a couple things i want to address is one you're just kind of talking about you know business and things how they grow it's like systematically what i've realized is that what it comes down to in terms of business is content network finances now content is simply what you share it's your information it's uh, your product it's your craft it's the thing it's like that needs to be at the forefront of everything you do network is simply the connection and the relationships that you build along the way and networking for the sake of networking is bullshit but uh if you understand that networking is simply this sharing information now all of a sudden your 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 craft, your information, your knowledge actually uh, in context gets meaning. And then ultimately is in context of that network, it's what does it produce? And uh, a lot of our business, of course, is is measured in, in finances, is measured in that in that metric. So it's being able to pay attention to that. And I think if you listen to uh, very successful business people, at the end of the day, uh, the money is not what they end up talking about. It's the value of the money because you can have a currency that's very devalued and it doesn't take you anywhere. So value always uh, over over uh, rules uh, rules um, uh, the currency, the number. And value can only be perceived if you see it in context, if you see it in the network. That's where the, the, the worth is really present. Uh, so I think that's like such a big thing to hold on to and not to be scared of these, these things to say, hey, I want to make, I, I want to make a million dollars, two million, ten million, a hundred million, right? Who doesn't? The question is, what are you going to do with that money, right? That we need to ask ourselves. And I think that's the big one. It's like in sport, in CrossFit, people are like, I want to get the muscle up. I'm like, great, for what? (laughs) You know? Well, I want to do it so I can compete at the CrossFit Games. Great. That's something we care about, right? Or I want to do it so I can win the CrossFit Games, make $275,000 off of that check, and then use that to put a down payment on a house because I want to get married. The story behind it is the small small steps you get to the end of the story. So it's not a goal in itself, but it's it's a part of the path in a way. Right. And no matter what business you're in, it's always a people's business. And this is what I'm going to close kind of this little section with is that if you don't understand who you are and what your superpowers are, your skills are, your core values are, your mission statement is as an individual, 
there's no way in hell that you're going to be able to survive the roller coaster of business or trying to put what you believe in out there because you're going to get chewed up and uh, you're going to give up. But if you know who you are, then it doesn't matter what you do, whether you have a restaurant in Spain or you drive a taxi or you have a gym, you're providing value, which comes from the network and comes from your craft. And it just goes full circle there. And that's why we are all in business, but it's not tech business. It's not fitness business. It's people's people. It's always people. Yeah. Business. And, I think, and I when think, you get that, it's done. I think the, uh, uh, the CEO of Starbucks once said that they're not in the coffee business. They're in the business of people serving coffee. Uh huh. Exactly. Is, yeah. That's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> this, this is uh, a bit like Starbucks. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, smaller, but it's okay. We'll get there one day. Um, just to completely change, not change topics, but it's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, think about the, the freestyle uh, connection. Because mm-hmm. you have, you have certain different uh, products there. Right, so you have the mm-hmm. sem- the seminars that you are doing, mm-hmm. and um, then just, you have just just small parentheses. When back in Europe, just for, uh, for us to know, I'll, pr- I'll, pr- I'll probably be back in June. I'm uh, I'm planning to do a little thing in London, potentially Norway, Finland, and then I'll come down to Berlin. Hey, hey, hey. Then we up. Um, no, but um, so you do the seminars, and then you have the programming, right? uh on the page um mm-hmm. can can you talk about a bit, bit about the programming what what is the programming and for whom yeah so i'm going to be completely honest with you guys right now it's uh the the freestyle connection was my attempt of taking what i had done with gymnasticswad.com and writing the book to try to continue to provide this platform that was supposed to be a media company uh, that was delivering information for people who cared about movement. And I, I tried to build a team and uh, I basically ran out of funding and uh, money and uh, I wasn't able to really get it off the ground. And it still lives online right now. And you can see programming. We have an on-ramp. We have you know 60 mm. or up to 90 days and it's just general programming uh dedicated to people who want to learn how to move and uh uh we were going to try to really help people in the action sports community and we just fell short and that was one of those things that uh you could call it uh a flop in many ways but uh uh it's still there and it's still kind of relevant and if uh, you paid close attention, you have probably seen a shift in what I'm doing, yeah. uh, where I'm taking all the content that I was putting behind the paywall, and I'm starting to upload to YouTube, YouTube. I'm starting to upload to Facebook, and I'm going to make it all free very soon. So if you are a subscriber and you're listening right now, within the next couple of months, uh, you will be receiving a message from us uh, telling you where we're going. And uh, I guess this is an exclusive right now. And uh, uh, I just want people to know that I'm extremely thankful for their support and investment. And you are going to get rewarded for that investment. 
whether it's coming to one of my seminars for free or having access to anything that I do. Um, and, and that's something that I'm currently working on. So uh, that's me being 100% transparent. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> no, sorry. I, maybe I, that was uh, maybe that was unexpected. <laughs> uh, un unexpected, but uh, this is uh, this is why I like this medium. Uh, I um, and yeah, no, I'm, I'm a bit flabbergasted right now. But no, but uh, I mean, yeah, I I, I mean this as. Um, how do you say this kind of road change or change of uh, direction that you took now is also, uh, I would say this podcast, this meeting is a result from that. Because mm -hmm. suddenly, Kalle uh, showed up in my news feed all day long. And, mm -hmm. and I said, I, or I said, I thought <laughs> I need to talk to this guy and now he's he's back back live and kicking he's he's mm -hmm. doing amazing stuff and yeah he, he you're uploading uh old content new content and it's uh just um been uh yeah it's interesting to hear that just because you did this change also resulted in this so mm -hmm. we're kind of we're kind of thankful for that that's awesome <laughs> well, well well check this out uh here's something for people who are listening to think about it's when 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 uh you could say my whole life it's been going fast but when it started kind of happening more globally where people started paying attention um it, you, you start chasing right you start going faster you start thinking bigger you start moving pieces and then all of a sudden certain things happen and you get a little distracted where it's like I should be making more money. Where, where's the money? Where's, where's that? So you start signing deals that up front are a lot of money. It's like if you see a check for $100,000, you're like, holy shit, $100,000 is a lot. And, and you think that that's, that's it. But $100,000 is nothing in the big scheme of things because $100,000, if put into actual work, disappears in a second fast. we all have the ability to produce and generate so much more and if we actually did the books on each individual that is you know out there in the world trying to do things it adds up to a lot uh but it's when you start chasing that that everything that you do goes away so there got to it got to a point where i had worked so hard that i was just like fuck it. I can't do any more. Like I just can't do any more work. I'm burnt out. So in order to continue going now, if you want to have access to me, you're going to have to pay. Here's a paywall. Uh, so I decided I'll do the subscription site and I'd seen that other people had done this and had been very successful because my execution wasn't fast enough. I wasn't able to capture that. And I'm so glad it was slow and bumpy because if I had captured that, I had probably succumbed to um, the brand, the money, the thing, the gold, like the winning again, <laughs> right? Yeah. And now I'm like, wait a second, that was never my intent. My intent was always to get people inspired, teach them stuff. It's free education. 
So what can I do to continue to develop free education? Well, let me go where there is a potential of creating some cash flow and using that cash flow to continue to produce the value that I know I can add. Yeah. Uh, regarding education, Carl, sorry. Right, um, yeah. Are you still coaching or just uh, focusing more on the business side of things or just coaching through the YouTube videos? Only. Uh, coaching through YouTube videos, coaching through seminars, um, exactly. coaching any anyone I work with in terms of uh, business relationships, anything. There's always coaching involved. Uh, I just started training again. I became a member at uh, a gym that's right down down the street from me, so it's like walking uh, 90 seconds from here, basically. Uh, I'm a member at a CrossFit gym, and I take classes there and. Uh, you're just, you know, next to someone and you're like climbing rope and you're like, Hey, uh, you can try this. And they have no clue who I am, which is super <laughs> awesome. Uh, uh, this guy today teach me a new technique. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah it, was. it was funny. <laughs> because this, this, yeah, exactly. Who's this guy? Uh, and then this, this guy that I actually taught how to uh, climb rope, like a couple of days later, he's like, Holy shit. I found your videos on YouTube. I didn't. And I was like, it's better that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that's where I do my coaching, and that's where I continue to do my teaching. And uh, I'm I'm hoping that what I can uh, provide people with uh, in the long run is more books, more videos, more content, more whatever. This podcast, if if someone's listening and feels like, oh shit, that was an idea I can take with me, then I did my job. I, I think it's kind of interesting. Also, I mean, if you if we go back uh, a bit on uh, in the time and we think about also the characters that um, you've been t together with with Kelly and now I saw you're also uh, you went to London with Diane uh, mm -hmm. Fu, right so um, how how because you're all like the masters of creating content uh, for educational purpose and so on and I mean, the combination, uh, what I think or what I thought uh, last couple of years is that the combination of things that you and Kelly did uh, back in the days really was the perfect combo of, you know, somebody uh, gelling and, and cre uh, creating funny jokes about something boring as stretching and mm. then someone bringing some action to the to the. To, to the picture and some good looks and thank you <laughs> <laughs> and uh this kind of combination like uh it's kind of unique but it's also the funny that it was just this spot uh in san fran because mm -hmm. it didn't it didn't happen in berlin it didn't happen in london uh it didn't happen in sydney or you know whatever so i think at least within the crossfit uh area um, you kind of sort of took over had a lot of impact i would say mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah uh, and pretty uh, crazy yeah i think it's interesting to see uh just that very small area can create that so um mm -hmm. also something for people out there if you live in you know austria or in vienna or in italy i mean the italy they're crazy about crossfit or in spain like, hey, mm -hmm. where's the content? Yeah, created, created, and maybe I'm just I'm not seeing it because I'm the right, uh, not right uh, target group or so. But uh, yeah, still, um, 
I think it's missing. Um, yeah, what were... Yeah, I was, uh, just we, we were touching the topic of CrossFit, and since we just opened, uh, it's, the Open just started. Uh, yeah. ha, have you done 17.1? I did, yeah. I did it last week. Uh, how did it go? Yeah, it went it went great. I I wasn't going to do the Open, and uh, at our gym, of course, they're, they, they do the workout on Fridays after the announcement. Uh, so I came in, and I did the thing, and I was just like, you know, whatever, just going through the motions. And as I was doing it, I was pushing. I, di I didn't finish. Uh, I, I got four into the 50 snatches. And uh, I finished, and I wasn't even, you know, really breathing very heavy. I wasn't super tired or anything. Because everything related to kind of my physical practice right now is all about just exploration. I, I, I like to go in. I like to feel things. And then I, I leave. And when I push, I push. Or when I uh, can't, I, I, I can't. I, I push in different ways. But when I finished, I'm a hippie. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> That's me. That's me. That's me. Uh, so when I finished, I decided I'm going to do a little live Facebook video. And if you watch this video, I basically start off by saying, uh, I, first of all, I cross my arms and I never cross my arms on video, but I cross my arms and I say something like, I wasn't going to do this thing, uh, but I did. And I learned some things. I want to share what I learned. And, uh, I got so much feedback from this video on like, oh my goodness, thank you for sharing that. Uh, it's so refreshing <laughs> to hear someone who doesn't give a fuck, basically. <laughs> yeah, it gets so but, serious. I mean, even for everyone, it gets so serious. The open, oh, the open, the, the yeah, nervous yeah. and sweating just before starting. It's like uh, me, myself yeah. also. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. Uh, that's awesome. I, I just kind of was honest and I just shared some things. And of course, a lot of people are like, that's not the standard or you're dead. I was like, I, I don't care. I, all I'm, I'm saying not going is to the like, open. So, so did you yeah, this, so who cares? Exactly. This is what I learned. And I'm like, and, and this video is like, it's not for the guy who's going to the games because clearly, and I, and I, I was joking with someone, I was like, you probably stayed up all night. You checked in with your 17 coaches and you know, <laughs> how do I strategize this? And, <laughs> You have like 37 different warm-ups and no, exactly. all this stuff. Right? <laughs> so it's like, it's just a thing. Come on. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Enjoy yeah, it, basically. Yeah. How, um, how have you seen, you were involved a couple of years ago with Annie Thorstotter as a, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a gymnastics coach. Uh, mm -hmm. um, how have you seen the evolution of the, of, of the CrossFit as a, as a sport? Have you seen it more towards uh, the strength component? Do you see it more as a gymnastics or still it's a very good mix of very different uh, types of uh, capacities or techniques or how it is? Yeah. True to what the focus of CrossFit is, increased work capacity across broad time mold domains. And he's done that. It's never been about gymnastics, never been about lifting, always about completing a task in a way that is going to challenge your work capacity. And uh, the better you move and the better you've programmed those movements to develop physiological adaptations, mm -hmm. the better you'll be able to adapt to whatever's thrown at you. Uh, so I think the programming has been really good. And if you want to poke holes at the programming, you will always be able to do that. But keep in mind before you do that uh, is that this is a very young sport, which 
that being said, was not intended to be a sport, just became a sport. And now we have two, two lanes. Uh, so if you want to get good at CrossFit, pay attention to the fitness side. Yeah. So what 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 I uh, what we were thinking of was the, you know, uh, still we are talking about yeah, this guy he's crushing it because he's a former gymnast, or this mm -hmm. guy is crushing it because he's a former weightlifter and so on. But now because of we are starting to get generations now that have never done anything else than CrossFit, right? Mm -hmm. So they started in their gym as uh, teenagers or kids and now are you know just been doing crossfit so we're not gonna see like in the games of course you're gonna see uh the gymnasts and so on but the question is well do you think like the that the gymnast or the weightlifter or the endurance guy whatever will he still be at the games or do we only see the crossfitters there No, it would be it would be pure CrossFit. Uh, it would be pure CrossFit for sure. Uh, and maybe in ten ten years from now, you, I think we will have like the pure CrossFitters will be competing at the CrossFit Games. Uh, like everyone the same height, <laughs> same kind of short. Size. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, <and> big. yes. <laughs> Uh, and of course there will be, it's a bell curve, you know, yeah. most of them will be here and then there'll be like the outliers, uh, that are slightly different. And those are the ones that if we pay attention to them, will be part of redefining what the sport is or, or what the craft is. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's... Those are my, those are my friends, <laughs> the guys out here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about the losers. Yeah. No. Or the, or the extreme winners. Huh? So if there's the lottery winner or the guy that never won it <laughs> yeah yeah winning is temporary you know yeah so um but still i'm i'm thinking to go back a bit uh regarding like the 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 differences between uh europe or at least you know you you've been doing sports in spain mm -hmm. as, uh and being in, in the states i mean you have the perspective of someone doing sports in, in a different country and also coming to another country you also have the pers perspective i guess from how it is as a, uh, like life quality wise mm -hmm. from living in spain and living in the u.s um, yeah have you ever like considered that hey pff, spain was so much nicer or um mm -hmm. Well, he lives in California, so yeah, yeah. It's no, nice, it's nice I, enough. <laughs> they, here, here's the, here's the big difference for you. It's yeah. culture. It's the culture. Yeah, yeah. When when I first landed in San Francisco as an adult, I looked around and I was like, "This looks terrible. This sucks." Yeah. And it was simply I was just looking at the architecture. Yeah. And I just realized how young it was. Yeah. And and then I started traveling in the U.S. and I was like. Oh my goodness, 300 million plus people live here and it's all one country. How do you manage all this? And that's when I realized that the US was the scaled version of the European culture. And the beauty of Europe is that we still have smaller countries with um, very strong culture that goes back very far that we still study that we still live that we still pay attention to and here in the u.s 
uh, our our cultural history is very small in regards to the scaled version of what was uh, the 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 beginning of the United States. But if we look be- behind it and we start looking at where we actually came from, we start finding those roots. And because they feel so distant to most people that live in the U.S., they are not present daily. Uh, but now we're finally seeing it. We're finally seeing people pay attention to uh, what's going on. And uh, unfortunately, um, or fortunately, our political scene is so uh, hot right now that it's showing the divide and it's showing the dissonance that uh, this faraway culture that we haven't been bringing to the forefront come out and now not knowing what to do with it. And uh, this is kind of uh, what we're seeing in sport as well. It's the European athlete has a little bit more maturity. It's just a cultural thing. The, the American is more reactive and less responsive. Uh, and I'm, I'm American. I'm, I mean, I'm American. I, I, and I think uh, I, can, I can say that uh, with confidence. Um, but but uh, thankfully, it's a worldwide thing in terms of sport. Soccer is played everywhere, and and football, and these things are kind of growing. And CrossFit and weightlifting, and uh, as as that happens, uh, I think we all all grow and elevate ourselves uh, as individuals and uh, and as uh, groups and communities. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a cultural thing, I believe. Yeah, exactly. I, I, and what I uh, what I see is obviously, yeah, we see this political uh, movements, but also how, uh, like in sports, I, I, there's always been like in ice hockey where I come from, uh, mm-hmm. there's a totally different attitude when you play ice hockey in, in the States in comparison when you play ice hockey in mm-hmm. Sweden. So mostly when you're from Sweden, you go to the States Oh, everything is so big and everything yeah, is talking yeah. so loud and everything is so big mouthed, you know. Uh-huh. And we're we're not used to that, um, obviously. Uh, even though we, of course, have a lot of this kind of macho jargon and so on in, mm-hmm. in Sweden, also. But yeah, come on, like when Peter Forsberg or uh, Matt Sundin or whatever went to <laughs> to to the states they were you know small chickens uh-huh. uh, from being like the biggest heroes in their country to go there was as a big cultural difference also so yeah that's it's notable um but uh what i wanted to uh, see uh, or hear from you how how do you think or how how was the feeling to uh you know go back to state to the states um being sort of raised and having i I guess you have a lot of like the yeah spanish spanish culture in you also Mm -hmm. right and then and then also the swedish culture from home Mm -hmm. i guess yes for sure and how this all like mixed and translated to who you are today um yeah. Uh, so I, I think if I had to like pick out some things, uh, just so people who are listening get an idea, is at home, when you walk through my door at home with my parents uh, and me growing up, it was like walking into Sweden. 
that's that's where I grew up. I, I, I grew up in a Swedish culture, so uh, from the food, from how we spoke, the language we spoke. Do you uh, take off your uh, shoes? Yeah, well, of course we take our <laughs> shoes off. You know, it's like that's that's the culture. Listen to ABBA uh, all, t- all day long. Yeah, all all day long. <laughs> Uh, snaps, you know, and uh, all these things. Um, but it was very Swedish, and uh, the, there's something about the lighting and the ambiance and the way you speak. It's a, it's uh, there's not a lot of swearing, and it's it's like um, it's a it's a mellow, relaxed, very even keel kind of culture. And then as you step out of my house the culture was spain loud rowdy crazy you know just like ah everyone's a lot of music a lot of dance a lot of uh just uh, uh we were very sh- shortly out off of a dictatorship franco had no. died less than 15 years uh before we moved there so that that was still present uh and being able to uh live in a generation where you came off of civil war and dictatorship and that's still kind of being present in in the police as military and then these different levels and then seeing spain become a more modern country uh and being part of that uh showed a lot of things in the culture that i carried with me in terms of like friendship and uh, loving and like very just like open and we are we are a nation united but we don't need this flag that represents us but uh we believe in like we're like the rebels that made it kind of thing Mm -hmm. even though there was severe crisis and the country was going down and there's a lot of (laughs) a lot of bad things happening (laughs) on the political scene but it happens happens everywhere yeah yeah exactly it happens everywhere but it was just like this culture of like you can do it and we are together and like let's go and then moving to the US all of a sudden you come to the US and because it's so big and everyone is so loud it's like you can say whatever the fuck you want no one's even paying attention no one <laughs> yeah. cares like no one cares and you're one amongst so many so you're just a speck of dust and for some reason that gave me the confidence to be myself and use my culture in a way that I could deliver a message that was different than the typical American, but sounding American. American. So I was like, you know, an infiltrated spy kind of thing <laughs> that was here to like plant a thing and uh, do my business and, and, and grow. And, in in a very global way, it was never uh, really about just affecting locally, even though that's where I was acting. Uh, from a small uh, question, did it happen to you that you felt in Spain you feel you felt like a foreigner, and when you went back to the states, you still feel felt like a mm-hmm. foreigner? So kind yeah. of uh, where's my where's home at the end? Mm-hmm. So home yeah. home, home, is, home is only with my parents. It seems in your no, story. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I never felt that home in Spain. I never felt that home in Sweden. I never felt that home in the U.S. It, uh, I really came to realize that it was I was home and the people that I surrounded myself, if it felt familiar, like me growing up, it was home. Uh, so now I can go to Paris where my parents uh, spend some time and, and live. And when I when I go there, it's home. 
just because of the relationship it never was about the geography yeah yeah i think it happened to us we both uh i would say um, chilean living in berlin so at the end home mm -hmm. what is home home is where your family is at the end i guess and it's, right, it's, right, it's, not, right. it's not a city it's not a country it's yeah, we're friends and family for Exactly. I'm a big boy now, so I have to take care of myself. Exactly. But when when you want to um, get somewhere to to you know free your mind, or uh, is there a certain space or place or way you find inner peace, um, or is it like the beach on Thailand, or is it the gym, or? Mm -hmm. we, we were watching something uh, a meditation you meditate uh, we're watching the hands yeah yeah the hands uh, oh yeah yeah uh, external uh, so, rotation so is it is yeah, something, yeah. Where, where, where are those places those routines that you follow uh you know it, it's uh it can happen anywhere i mean it can be when i go to bed or uh when i wake up in the morning or i'm drinking some coffee or i'm taking a shower or i'm driving my car or having a conversation with you guys right now it's this um it's it's being aware of the moment that is right now that uh brings me me peace because right now um, it's like nothing's happening we're just here having a conversation and it's and it's great uh i don't know what's going to happen next and what happened a while back ago is past so i'm is it also something that happens uh because I think this is just clear to me. It's because it's something that because you do what you want to do, uh, you're not forced to do a job that you don't like. You're not forced, so you don't need escape. Mm. Does, no. it, does it work that way also? I feel it because yep. I used to work in something completely different, and now I don't feel this urge when I wake up in the morning and say, oh, mm -hmm. I, have, I have to go to work. And I right. hate it. No, I just right. have to go to work. And it's, and it's mm -hmm. great. I enjoy mm -hmm. every minute. But I just have to yeah. do, There's do no shit. escape from it. Uh -huh. I just have to do shit today. No. Oh, shit. Right. No, have right. A gym, exactly. I have a gym five minutes from my desk. It's amazing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, uh, regarding the, the strike movement, mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, I, I've also noticed you're, you're really... Um, you've been doing a lot with with the brand now the mm -hmm. uh, couple of uh, months a year I would say yeah and um, do you have is, is it taking off now with the stores in, in Europe and yeah uh, uh, what, uh, uh, where it's going yeah where, where, where are you going guys yeah <laughs> we're, we're going to the top uh, <laughs> what we're trying to do ultimately is we're trying to create great product that people feel very comfortable wearing. Um, uh, I was with, I'll give you an example. So I was, I was with Reebok for a couple years as a sponsored coach, athlete, whatever it is I was. And although I, I, I had great relationships there and it was, they supported me, paid me, loved me, everything. They did everything for me. It was awesome. But I was just a number uh, because it was this massive thing and it was hard to orchestrate where I would fit in, in the big machinery. And because they were in, in change, uh, a lot of people got lost in the shuffle. So when I found strike movement and I, I met Mark Morissette, who originally founded the company, who was a pro snowboarder who had designed the shoe, I was like, okay, I want to talk to you because you're doing something that I'm very interested in and which is actually 
the main reason I, I signed with Reebok so I could be part of this thing. Uh, I want to know more. And as I got to know him more and I, I, I learned how progressive and big thinking he was and how much he cared about quality and sharing values and, and just being able to uh, bring potential to everyone, I was like, okay, I, wanna, I, I really want to be a part of that. And I, I know I can do something very impactful uh, within the organization if uh, I get a seat at the table. So I asked for a seat at the table and I, I, I got that. And, um, and I really started developing stuff with them. And uh, although I'm not part of product design, I, I am technically the global ambassador and I'm kind of the spokesperson alongside Mark. Uh, and, and ultimately what I want to do is I'm building a team of people who can help others understand who they are in this world through movement and whether it's physical movement as an athlete or as someone in fitness or chiropractic or art or making music or dancing, whatever it may be, and unite those people with this common understanding of we're all human and we all want things to go and grow in a very fluid way. And we all want to be a part of that. And that's where our slogan, uh, United by Motion, comes in. And, uh, and really uh, sh share that with people. And the shoes and the product and the clothes, I mean, are great. I love them. And they feel super good. And they do the job really well. At the end of the day, uh, there will always be another shoe, but there only is one you, as cheesy as that sounds. And that's what I want to bring out. It's like who we have today is really important. The conversation we're having today is really important. And if that relationship is positive, it can affect how we develop our product. And hopefully our product instills those values and it goes all the way uh, out there. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm trying to do. Focus on the on the growth through education and building a cool team of people that like being with each other and can teach each other something. Yeah, well, well very value driven. Uh uh, it's my my perception is that it's very value driven and uh, mm -hmm. i mean entire you are breathing about uh, or you're just smelling values like okay I, I want to you have a message right you have the message mm -hmm. of caring and, and giving that and uh, it's i mean if you can give it through whatever apparel or if it's uh video whatever yeah mm -hmm. do it do it everywhere on every level and right uh, I think that's uh, a lesson for uh, for us and also for for the listeners to mm -hmm. hey, do do what you care about. So uh, right. just just to get to to the to the end of the of the la questione from from uh, yeah <laughs> from uh, Carpoli, I have to uh, shoot you some quick questions, right? Yeah, hit me. Uh, let's do a speed round. Yeah. So, uh, what do you eat for breakfast? Uh, today, unfortunately, I drank coffee and had some gluten-free granola bar at a coffee shop. <laughs> How many coffees a day? Uh, three. That's not, that's Six? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you just threw three, just whatever it is. Oh, good. Sounds good. Yeah. So, um, what's the last, last book you read? Um... 
I'm in the process of reading like five right now. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm I, I, yeah, yeah. I, there you go. There you go. Uh, I'm, I'm reading Tim Ferriss's right now. Uh, the tools? The tools. tools of Titans. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I gave it uh, in, in yeah, Christmas, Christmas present. The last book I finished for the second time was actually Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the Nike guy. Yeah, yeah. Second time yeah. is a very good one. Yeah, it's yeah. Awesome. Really awesome. I listen to it, I listen to it on the plane and then I read it when I get a chance. Yeah. I heard uh, if you really want to read a book really fast, you should have it on audio on triple speed and then Yes, yes. Yeah, I do that. I do that. <laughs> Yeah, you see, you have to effectivize your environment. Um, I'm all about it. <laughs> so, um, going back to habits, what's what's uh, do you have a typical habit, uh, like a routine for your day, or are you totally crossfit in your lifestyle? Just throw no. everything on me and. No, uh, I really don't have a routine. It's just a matter of 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 moving and moving just like I care. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think it's, that's, that's all it is right now. I'm, I'm starting week eight, uh, of my return to kind of CrossFit and it's been great. I feel my body is changing and I feel like I have more, more focus and I'm starting to, uh, lift a little heavier, move a little faster. Yeah, my you body's look a bit starting more to feel certain. bulkier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was really skinny for a while. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm feeling good, but there's no, there's no routine, uh, really. Yeah. Um, what, what is your biggest role model or who is your biggest role model? You know, I, I uh, thought about this many times, but my parents for sure, um, they're awesome. My mom was, was all about really just bringing out your true self. And she was all about union and uniting us. And my dad was, uh, such a workhorse, just, out there doing everything for us uh to make it happen and he he yeah he's worked his ass off his whole life um how many siblings do you have there uh, there are five of us you have two oh, big family uh, yeah older sister older brother younger brother younger sister and uh we all get along and it's uh it's definitely due to my parents for yeah. sure yeah and when you meet do you all speak swedish then all Swedish, yeah. It's yeah. it depends. So with my parents, we sp I speak Swedish. With my older sister, I speak English. With my older brother, I speak Spanish. And then depending <laughs> okay. on the com yeah, depending on the combination, if my older sister is around, it becomes English. Uh, if my older sister and my younger brother is around, it becomes Spanish. If one of my parents are around, it's always Swedish. Always Swedish. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's tough one to follow, to follow up conversations. Yeah. Like, I know. Ah. Yeah, we have kids as well, so uh, trying to figure that out with the with the languages. But yeah, German it's, and English and Spanish. Yeah, it's, it's a mess everywhere. Yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. But it's great. It's such a powerful thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of which, uh, we we will. I think we will kind of say and come to an end here um okay. so just one time. just one last question i had uh and no. this is more like i was just like, thinking <laughs> about family i have I'm, I'm, uh, uh, sons and everything yeah. uh -huh. so uh it was a very personal but you can ask it uh, answer if you yeah. want it. how would you like to be remembered 
You say your dad is a workhorse, uh, yeah. and they did everything for you. So how would you mm -hmm. like to be remembered? As someone who was extremely just supportive. Okay. Just someone mm -hmm. who was supportive and, and, and made people think and actually go for the thing that they maybe were holding back. The facilitator. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, um, I, I'll say thousand, thousand thanks, as we say in Swedish. Tusen tack. Tusen tack. And we're gonna segue into, I think, a Spanish part here. So, for the Latinos out there, feel free to continue the listening. They have some some interesting topics to talk about. Um, I didn't understand a word, obviously, but. Um, it looked interesting uh, for the others out there uh, stay tuned for the next episode we're talking to the fittest guy in Latin America um, yeah until then take care Principalmente, más que nada, lo que conversamos un poco es esta relación entre diferencias y relación entre España y Estados Unidos. Y también, en, en, ¿mucho tiempo viviste en Ecuador? ¿Cuántos años? Uh, un año solo en Ecuador. Ah, muy pequeño. Sí, sí me, me, nos mudamos cuando tenía cuatro años y vivía ahí un año. Y después de, de estar en Ecuador, volvimos a Estados Unidos un tiempo y luego a España. Y si, es, es mucha la diferencia, puede ver un poco lo mismo, pero mucha la diferencia cultural entre... ¿O la ves cuando viajas a Latinoamérica, Latinoamérica comparada con España? Sí, ¿sabes? ¿Sabes? sí que hay una, hay una diferencia bastante grande. Y la, la diferencia que he notado es cuando vas a Latinoamérica, es como que la, Latinoamérica es uh, el, el parte del continente abandonado. Es como la gente se ha olvidado de ellos y tienen tanto que ofrecer, tanta cultura, tanta experiencia, pero no tienen acceso a ciertas, ciertas, ciertas cosas como tenemos en Estados Unidos o como tenemos en Europa. Y están como dejados uh, por, por sus gobiernos y, y, y de alguna forma culturalmente uh, se ven uh, como atrapados en sus propios países. Pero lo que sí que me estoy dando cuenta es que a través del deporte, uh, especialmente en Argentina con el fútbol, pero ahora con el crossfit, es como que están empezando a creer eh, en sí mismos otra vez y están empezando a sa salir y crecer y, y están comunicándose y, y viajando y como que se está creando una unión bastante fuerte. Y, y ser parte de alguna forma de ese, ese movimiento que se está creando en Latinoamérica y, y esos avances tecnológicos y, y de transporte y turismo y, y simplemente la evolución de la cultura es es bastante espectacular y, y la verdad es que lo, lo, se aprecia. Sí, ahora como particularmente creo que el, el, uno de los problemas que tiene Latinoamérica, y lo veo de una perspectiva viviendo en Europa, es que la cultura está mucho más eh, influenciada por Estados Unidos que por la cultura europea. Sí. sí. Eh, por lo tanto, mi pregunta va un poco, ¿qué podría aprender Latinoamérica de la cultura española o, uh -huh. o bien europea? ¿Qué podría ser mejor que, la, que el, este exportación, importación de cultura americana? 
Sí, sí, creo que es realmente uh, creer en tus valores, es, es lo primero, y, y crear tus oportunidades. Creo que muchos en Latinoamérica piensan que lo que está pasando en Estados Unidos o lo que hay en Estados Unidos y las oportunidades son mucho mayores de lo que tienen ellos. Y, y lo entiendo porque por motivos económicos, por motivos de gobierno y políticos, uh, por motivos geográficos y desarrollo de infraestructuras, uh, hay, hay muchas cosas que, que faltan uh, como base en Latinoamérica. Pero si uno puede desarrollar un, una mentalidad donde si trabajamos en la base uh, a todos esos niveles eh, económicos, eh, tecnológicos, vamos a poder crear, y cuando digo vamos, me refiero a, a, a todo el mundo, aparte de Latinoamérica, vamos a poder crear una, un, una economía más estable, vamos a poder crear una sociedad un poquito más um, saludable en, 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 con respecto a oportunidades y, y realmente crear opciones. Y puede que no ocurra en nuestra generación, pero sí que en las generaciones que vienen. Y... Y no sé por qué me da, pero tengo la sensación de que el, el deporte, especialmente ahora con el crossfit uh, y el movimiento del fitness que hay, es como que uh, está resurgiendo esa, esa, esa creencia de que sí que podemos, podemos cambiar y lo, lo podemos hacer en casa, en nuestro país y vamos a poder compartirlo y, y realmente crecer como, como continente y como uh, país y como región y como individuos. Y también, claro, también un poco eso de que depende de uno mismo y no tengo que esperar que venga el gobierno o, o, o la, jef, la jefatura de turno a ayudarme, sino que sí. proviene de mí mismo. Um, sí. Es fácil decir, muy difícil de hacer. Y, y yo no vivo en Latinoamérica, así que a lo mejor mi, mi voz no tiene, no tiene mucho valor, pero desde fuera es lo que veo y, y no, simplemente habiendo uh, visitado es, es lo que siento. Habiendo estado en España, un poco vuelta a España y a, a la época de deportista eh, de gimnasia, se produjo, sí. como yo lo veo de afuera, un cambio muy importante para las Olimpiadas de Barcelona 92. Sí. ¿Cómo se vivió desde adentro del mundo del deporte esta preparación para las Olimpiadas? Porque es a partir de esa fecha cuando empiezan a aparecer a futuro los, las, las campeones de Europa de fútbol, uh -huh. los campeones de tenis... Uh -huh. Leo Fernando Alonso, etcétera, etcétera. ¿Se vio mucha diferencia sí. inter dentro del país? Sí, mira, yo, yo tenía 10 años en, okay. en el 92, así que era muy, muy joven, pero esto es lo que sé, uh, porque yo estaba metido en la gimnasia desde los 5 años, y yo a 5 años metido, es que yo tuve la oportunidad de ver a mis ídolos haciendo gimnasia dentro de España, los que ganaron las Olimpiadas. Y creo que lo, ocurrió, lo que ocurrió... Uh, aparte de eh, las Olimpiadas del 92, es que también tuvimos el Mundial de Fútbol uh -huh. uh, años, años antes, eh, no me acuerdo si era, que era el 84, 82. 86, 82. 82, o sea que 10 años antes. Dentro de esos 10 años de cultura deportiva, lo que se vio es que uh, el deporte podía ser un vehículo para sacar uh, la cultura española adelante en el resto del mundo. Y el fútbol, como ya sabes, es, eh, es el, el, el pasaje nacional y ah. todo el mundo uh, juega al fútbol. Y es una cosa que se hace con una lata de Coca-Cola en, en, en el colegio, en la escuela, o, Chile, o es se igual. juega. No. Es, es igual, ¿no? Entonces es, es muy accesible. Y, y creo que otros deportes uh, se, se invirtió 
en infraestructuras para realmente crecer esos deportes y en, en, en Barcelona se creó el centro de alto rendimiento el CAR de, de Barcelona y luego en Madrid se creó uh, el centro de alto rendimiento Joaquín Blume uh -huh. uh, años después que realmente atrajeron ese, ese deporte de élite y uh, la oportunidad de, de, de realmente expresarte en, en el resto del mundo. Aparte de eso, uh, creo que también uh, dio un, una base de seguridad para gente que sabía mucho del deporte pero no tenía un canal o un vehículo para expresarse. Uh, eso, eso también ocurrió uh, y creo que de ahí vimos que el, sport, el deporte en, dentro de España... Uh, empezó a crecer. Muy bien. ¿Alguna, ¿Algún deporte, algún, algo en, en especial que veas que a futuro en España pueda ser eh, como fue la época de Nadal, de los tenistas, fue la época del fútbol? ¿A futuro ves por dónde también puede haber una, alguna sorpresa por España? Pregunto Para de, ser sincero, no, no te podría decir, pero sé que el ciclismo ha sido grande. Miguel Indurain fue uno de los, sí. de los más grandes uh, dentro del ciclismo. Sé que ahora mismo dentro de uh, uh, el, el atletismo hay algunos, pero son más uh, uh, dedicados a, a carrera de media distancia uh, y triatlón, pero como no vivo en España y no estoy al no, tanto no todos los días, no, no te podría decir exactamente. Bueno, eso era. Muchas gracias, Carl. Muchas gracias a ti. Un placer poder estar en en el podcast. Sí. <laughs> <laughs> He like three words in Spanish. I, 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 don't, I know none in Swedish yet, so it's okay. You can laugh about it. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Great. So.